and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. And I am Ashley. And we're here to talk about Avatar The Way of Water. Okay, so this movie um, is a sequel to Avatar, which came out... When 2009. 2009. And this movie is set like 10 or 13 years after the events of the first movie. Something like that. Um, and our hero from the first movie is back. He has a family now that he's raising on Pandora. What, what, what's the hero's name? Uh, is it Jake? There you go. Jake, Jake Sully. Sully. Um, he has a family that he's raising. Um, but On Pandora. On Pandora, yes. Yeah. But um, the sky people, the humans, are invading again, much as they did in the first film. And Jake kind of becomes kind of a leader in the, in the resistance, um, trying to prevent the, the humans from, you know, coming back to Pandora and, um, taking all of their, their resources and basically destroying the environment. This is, this is another environment, um, uh, allegory, allegory. Yes. Uh, environmentalist, um, agenda we have here. Um, but then he becomes kind of weary of the fighting and worried for his family. So they fly off on their little beasts to the shore where there's a, um, another kind of civilization living out there, um, who, unlike them who, you know, dwell in the forest, uh, this other kind of civilization on Pandora, they, they're water people. And so he moves his family out there, and there they learn the ways of the water. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's a good summary, uh, or, or at least a teaser for it. And it's funny, you know, I was sitting and reminding you of, like, Jake Sully and Pandora. I, I, said, I say that because I had to be reminded of it when we sat down to see the movie. You know, I mean, this, we're playing catch-up on this. This movie came out, like, almost a month ago, and mm-hmm. we saw it, like, a week or two after it came out. And we saw it at a Alamo Draft Alamo Draft House, and I think they had a special um, previously on Avatar thing that they put together right before the movie started. Which thank goodness they did that mm-hmm. because leading up to this, like, okay, I haven't seen the first Avatar since it came out, right? Thirteen years ago, when we saw it in the theater, yeah, yeah, I hadn't seen it since. And so leading up to this, I, I had this little like sit down with myself, and I'm like, okay, I can rewatch the first Avatar. Or I can go see this new Avatar, but I, I can't do both. I can't sit through two, three-hour films about a franchise that I'm not hugely invested in or interested in. Um, so, yeah, I, I just went in kind of 13 years cold on this. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, if they had not had that recap, I would have been a little lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's funny. Um, this will be an intro, a, a weird review for me. It may become clear in a, in, in a little bit, but there's a laundry list of things about this movie that that bother me or that I don't like. I mean, one of them is um, <clears throat> there, and this can be. This is, I think, a pro and a con. But there are stretches of this film where things just are kind of. I was going to say things are just happening, but not even that. Like it's just like nothing's happening. Like you're just. We are luxuriating in the visual spectacle, you know? Um, and this is a very good-looking movie, which I want to comment on a little bit later, but this is an exquisitely-looking digital film. But um, 
there are moments, yeah, like where one of the blue people characters will just be like floating around in the water and watching underwater creatures do their thing. And um, in the way you're looking at it, you're like, wow, this this is kind of nice. But in, in another hand, I'm like, it made me feel this movie's three hour runtime in my bones. I mean, I, I, yeah. <clears throat> and so there's that. There's also the fact that this movie is kind of a rehash of the first one. I mean, you even alluded to it. I mean, like the humans, i.e. what they call the sky people, are back. The, the humans are back for, for resources. And that's what they were. I mean, they came to Pandora in the first movie for resources. And then the, the, the natives of Pandora fought back <laughs> against them. In this movie, the natives of Pandora are fighting back against them. Um the villain in the first one, um, who was played by Stephen Lang, um, that same character's back, even though he got killed in the first movie. And they explain how, but it, you know, in the first movie, it kind of came down to uh, the Jake Sully character uh, versus the, whatever they call him in this movie, Quantich, who's Stephen Lang. And that's what this movie kind of is about. It is, you know, Jake Sully versus Quantich again. And, and so, yeah, I mean, aside from going to a different part of the planet, this movie was kind of a rehash. Um, and the other the other bone I have to pick with it is this. Okay, let me explain this to you. So, and you laid it out well. Uh, the, the, the villain guy and the sky people, they're after Jake Sully because he's sort of leading the resistance. But then he stops leading the resistance and he's like, I need to get away. My, my family and I, need, we need, I need to protect them. We're going to go from the forest, which is where most of the first movie took place at and where the mm-hmm. first part of this one takes place at. And they're like, we're going to go to the water. And like, okay. So they go to this water village to hang out and <laughs> I guess be in witness protection or something. Um, and I, okay, here's, here's an example I thought of. So like, let's say, okay, uh, picture it, Earth. Uh <laughs> 1750 you know um you're european let's say that you owe some big debts they're going to send you like a debtor's prison you need to get away so you you hop on a boat like a ship that's sailing to the new world or whatever uh and you you send up sailing to the u.s or what what will become the united states (laughs) and uh, colonies let's say and you just start a new life for yourself there You, you you kind of escape europe that's what you could do on Earth um, in, like, the 18th century. But, like, <clears throat> let's say it's now, and let's say some, like, aliens are coming to Earth, and they're looking for you, and you're in Europe. Um, going to the Bahamas is not going to help you in that scenario. I mean, these are aliens who can probably scan the whole planet. They can, you know. I mean, this is this is now planetary, like, and so that's the thing I thought was weird about this is like, so humans have come to Pandora, these aliens have quote unquote to them have come to Pandora, and you're just gonna go from the woods to the to the water, (laughs) and it's a little nebulous about how far he's gone. He and his family have gone from (laughs) Mm -hmm. the woods to the water. Uh, it, it could be 10 miles. It could be a thousand miles. I don't know. But when you've got people in orbit that <laughs> and scan the planet, mm-hmm. 
I don't see how that's really escaping. But anyway, I hand it over to you. No, you're right. I mean, there are definitely issues with the plot here. I don't, I don't know that a lot of attention was really paid to the plot. The mm. plot is secondary, as well as the characterization. So, you know, we said we hadn't seen this film since we saw... We hadn't seen the original film since it came out in the theaters all those years ago. And there's a reason for that. It's just because I didn't care to. I, I was never motivated to see it again. Um, and And the reason I have for that is that I just didn't care about the story too much or the characters. And and that's, that's, that was my issue with the first Avatar movie. And that's my issue with this one. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't care about these characters. And that's kind of a problem. Um, when you have a three hour movie to sit through, um, that being said, the plot and characterization is all secondary to the look and the experience of the movie. And in that sense, I thought it was gorgeous. I mean, I've, yeah, I've, I've not seen a movie this beautiful in a, in a long time, maybe ever. Um, it's very, um, yeah, it's, it's an achievement in that sense. Um, and I'll say that I was actually never bored. I didn't care about the characters and what was going on, but I thought just visually it was inter- it was interesting and entertaining enough um, that I sat there for the three hours and um, was not bored. Um, it is at times a bit like watching a nature documentary, but I don't mind <laughs> nature documentaries, except it's not like real nature. It's like this, <clears throat> you know, uh, nature on another planet. But in many ways, it's very like, it's very earth-like in some ways. Um, you have these kind of whale-like creatures. There's a lot of time spent on these huge whale-like creatures um, that kind of play a, an important part in in the story. Um, and, and and so that's you know very beautiful. Obviously, it, there, like we said at the beginning, there there's an environmentalist kind of, um, I said agenda, but it's like, there's a point to be made. And it's the same point that was made in the first film. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit <clears throat> heavy handed and not done particularly well. Um, but I mean, at least it's, it's a point, it's a, it's a principle that I can get behind, I guess. But I mean, it's just not very subtle or, or, or done in a very clever way. It's just kind of obvious. Um, I, I don't know. And <laughs> there are some parts of it, like it's, it's very beautiful, but it, it's also kind of laughable at times. Um, I, 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 I laughed out loud for, for example, when the whale gets some subtitles, <laughs> Yeah, the, I, the, couldn't, I couldn't tell whether that was supposed to be funny or whether we just laughed because we thought it was funny. I'm not sure either. It was very weird. Yeah, yeah. It, so one of the characters befriends a whale and seems to be able to communicate with it. But the whale, you know, has his own language and mm-hmm. he gets his own subtitles. I thought that was so funny. Um, so um, you mentioned the sort of threadbare characterizations here. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to touch on that because 
you know, a lot of people have been forgiving this movie for for the fact that, like, well, you know, <laughs> the story is what it is, and yeah, the characters aren't really <clears throat> all that, you know, whatever. But you gotta you gotta forgive that because you know it's <laughs> it's oh my god, it's visually stunning, you know. I want to say, like, you know, I'm looking back at some of the filmography of James Cameron, and and I've seen a lot of his movies. <clears throat> one of, like one of my top three favorite films ever is Titanic. And I saw it five times at the theater <laughs> back in the day. Um, I loved the characters of Jack and Rose in that in that movie, and he James Cameron created those characters out of whole cloth. You know, some of the characters in that movie were, you know, based on real life people like Captain Smith and. Uh, Molly Brown, John Jacob Astor, um, and then some were created, but like they are all fairly distinct, particularly Jack and Rose. Um, the characters in Aliens, I mean, um, I know Sigourney Weaver's character was from the original movie by Ridley Scott, but in Aliens, I mean, she has so many memorable character traits and actions, and so many of the other characters, you know, I'm not saying that they were deeply drawn people but they were memorable and they were distinct um it's been a long time since i've seen the abyss but i seem to remember that was they tried to develop those characters there even the terminator movies terminator 2 particularly like i i grew to like the like the terminator character which was played by arnold schwarzenegger who i thought that was genius how like they turned him from a bad guy in the first movie to a good guy in the second one and i liked uh edward furlong's character i was hoping he would make it you know so my point is james cameron movies have had good strong memorable characterizations so i don't know what's going on in his avatar movies but in my opinion it's lacking here Mm -hmm. um i mean in in the way of water my favorite character was that whale (laughs) and as far as the visuals go they are impressive i mean it is a really pretty movie to look at and i'm not trying to diminish that but a thing, and this is maybe just a personal thing for me, is, you know, and I know this was like, some of this was like motion capture and stuff, but I, my thing is, I have a real hard time these days distinguishing, like, what we are labeling movies as. So, in other words, like, there's movies that come out, like a Pixar movie, I mean, it's called animation, because that's what it is. But it's very computer generated, it's very digital, it has this crisp, you know, look to it. And I'm like, so how are we, How you know, there's movies like um, Avatar Way of Water, we're calling those like live action. And I'm like, how is it, is, I think the, there's blurring lines here. Mm-hmm. Kind of like some of those um, newer movies Disney's doing, which they're calling quote unquote live action updates to their cartoons from the past. Except so much of them are like CGI that I'm like, you know, I feel like it's almost becoming Orwellian, these live at the, the definition of live action. And that's maybe just a personal thing for me. But so, yeah, I'm looking at Avatar and I'm like, this is a really cool looking cartoon. But I know some people bristle at that, you know, clutch their pearls and like, oh, no, this, is, <laughs> this is a live action movie. And I'm like, okay, that's what works for you. Um, so that said, you know, people keep going on and on about how gorgeous this movie is. I kind of like, I mean, there are so many gorgeous and beautiful films that are photographing, like, real life. Like, just, you know, take Nomadland, for example. I mean, Chloe Zhao and her um, her cinematographer took some just gorgeous, beautiful shots in that movie. It's a beautiful-looking film. 
Uh, and, and there's so many others. And it, it ain't it ain't CGI'd, and it's not like motion capture, and it's not you know digital. It, it's 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 as real as about a movie can get when it's you know aiming the camera and and taking you know taking the the frames right. So um, earlier I said this was kind of a weird review, and I'm getting to why uh, because despite all of that that I've said, I mean I kind of like the movie. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it, it kept me entertained, uh, despite being kind of, you know, derivative of itself and actually, honestly, a little bit of Titanic and a little bit of aliens. Um, but no, I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. It, 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 it was actually, it was something about it. It was better than the sum of its parts. Hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned a lot of other previous, uh, James Cameron films and this movie, um, does not begin to um, equal those movies in any way, mm-hmm. you know, because they had stronger characters and, a pl- you know, plots that were interesting or surprising or. Um, so, yeah, those are far better movies. I feel like James Cameron has kind of gotten lost in his, um, his desire to kind of create this world. Um such that the world has become kind of the point and story and characterizations, like we have already said is secondary. The point of this movie is the look of it and the technical achievement. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's where he's at. That doesn't make for a great movie, but it makes for a watchable movie. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. I was constantly thinking during the whole time. It's like, how much of what I'm seeing is real? What part of that I'm seeing is real, and what's what's made up, or what's you know animation? Uh, uh, yeah, that's it's fascinating. I and I and I and I get your point about you know there are beautiful films of the natural world, but I mean this this is something that you can kind of uniquely do nowadays, which is generate a, a very beautiful kind of fantasy world. That's something that the movies kind of allow us to do. Um, and I think he, he has made a very gorgeous looking world here. Um, so Sure, yeah. Um, I read an article after we watched this movie that was interviewing Jack Champion, who plays the character Spider in this movie, a.k.a. Loincloth Boy. Um, And he mentioned how he's going to be in Avatar 3 because they're, like, already filming or have already filmed Avatar 3. And um, he said that the plot in that takes a hard left turn. And I read that, I'm like, good. I would hope so. Because this this basically was just a retread of Avatar 1. I was worried we were going to have just more sequels just moving to different regions regions of Pandora. (laughs) Next, we're going to be in the mountains. Yeah, the I don't Avatar, know. The magic of mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, what would you give this out of 10? Um, I'm going to give it a, a 7 out of 10. I'll give it a 6.5. So our score is a 6.8. And that is Avatar, The Way of Water. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.